Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. It's almost the end of July, people. Are you having a good summer? I, uh, I fight with the... The endless drone of time. I mean, time is, uh, it's a construct of humanity. I I mean, it's, we're just measuring spinnies of our rock, you know, spins around in a circle and then it spins around in a circle of another rock, hot rock. And then we measure everything like that. And that's cool. That doesn't mean anything. It's just a, an observation we've made. But in the meantime, man, those rocks just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. And like Tuesday, what a complete waste of life Tuesday is. You ever think of Tuesday? It's just, there's no hope in Tuesday. Tuesday is, it's the middle of nothing. You know, you made it through Monday. Congratulations. You lived through Monday. Then you have Tuesday. There's no hope of the weekend. And then, is that what we're living for? The weekend? The weekend? Two days? At which, you know, I get so overwhelmed by my freedom that I think I waste it. I'm like, do I want to just really relax or do I want to like really, you know, delve into some projects? And it's never as good as I think it is. What are we doing? What is this? I mean, let's say there is some sort of cosmic meaning of it all. Let's say we're building a construct that's going to have meaning in uh, a greater celestial body somehow that we're evolving. Let's just say we're evolving. Let's say that we are all turning into gods to reach enlightenment through seemingly nearly endless reincarnations. Let's just say... That's the plan. 
What the fuck is Tuesday, man? <laughs> How is Tuesday helping me evolve? I just... And then you just add up all the Tuesdays, and man, you just think about all the wasted time. How is my job, me churning money, helping me in any way with my leveling up in my reincarnated existence? How is it... (sighs) I guess, you know, you can rely on God works in mysterious ways. Don't question it. But that's just a convenient scapegoat to not question it. Just don't don't question God. Well, you know what? I'm going to question it because Tuesday is stupid. I'm here to say Tuesday is stupid. And then if you're like, well, you have to have Tuesday so you can have Wednesday. Well, fuck Wednesday. Wednesday's stupid too. Wednesday is only like the top of a a hill that you can look over and see yourself rolling down to once again, get to like Friday afternoon. Why can't Wednesday be on Tuesday? What I'm saying, since Tuesday is a total waste, why don't we just get rid of Tuesday and make Wednesday Tuesday, and then you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so you, 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 you know, you show up on Monday, you hate your life. Tuesday, you're like, okay, all right, I, I just... You know, by noon on Tuesday, you're like, I only got two more days to go. I just got, I got Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. And then by Wednesday, you're like, yeah, baby. And then Friday, you're like, see you suckers. I'm going to the beach. And then how is that helping my evolution? My reincarnation. I mean, going to the beach. mean am i when left to my own devices am i doing anything to help the universe mostly not (laughs) so then you might as well just work because at least then you're churning some sort of you're turning some sort of cog in a in a machine i guess that creates productivity, which makes fucking Jeff Bezos get to fly to space. And, you know, I know we're all making fun of Jeff Bezos flying to space, but at least he fucking flew to space. What have you done? (laughs) What have I done? The whole point is, do we think about this stuff enough? Do we think about Tuesday? Do we think about Saturday? I almost hate Sunday more than I hate any of the other days because I have to go back to Monday, thinking about Monday, 
And may I say, I work for myself. <laughs> I am self-employed and I'm caught in this fucked up rat race. I don't have to work on Monday. I just show up. I mean, I have to work. I have to pay, but nobody's telling me to work on Monday. Nobody's making me clock in looking over my shoulder. I get my work done. I'm, my work's done. I sit at this fucking computer. I just sit at it. Worried that like when I have free time, I'm worried that I have free time and I'm, maybe things are slowing down. When I'm busy, I'm worried that I'm going to be too busy and not going to be able to keep up with the work. How is this the plan? <laughs> How can this be the plan? I Is the plan that I finally get to this point where I can make a podcast, I don't know, 39th episode or something? Finally, after 39 episodes, I can finally be like, hey, man, I'm going to pontificate over the meaningless of life. Good job, genius. People much smarter than you have already done that. Do we need to hear you do it? I don't know. I just got to fill up a fucking hour of this podcast. I committed to doing it. And then you're fucking listening to it. Who's worse? Me putting out tripe bullshit or you listening to tripe bullshit? Oh, my God. And clearly you got nothing else to do with your life. You're not Batman. You're not Spider-Man. You're not saving the fucking world. I mean, I'm not dissing you either. Am I? I'm sitting here putting this bullshit out. Doesn't make me any money. I like doing it, though. Typically. As long as I have something to say. 15 minutes before every podcast, I say to myself, man, I should have fucking thought about what I was going to talk about on that podcast. I say that every fucking week. <laughs> I went downtown. Downtown Highland Square. It's not downtown. It's Highland Square. It's an Akron. It's a nice little area. It's like got restaurants and shit. It's fun. I sat outside. My kid went with me. It was really nice. And there was a guy playing a piano. And if guy you're playing the piano uh, is listening to this, uh, just listen all the way through this, at least this part. He wasn't very good. Okay. I'm sorry. Guy listening to the piano. If you're listening to this, just hang in there. I mean, I'm sorry 
it wasn't that captivating. It was some nice, repetitive background music. He looked like he was trying to make some money. Even I didn't give him any money, of which, if I see him again, I'll definitely give him some money. Because I was so impressed with that guy. I don't, I, I would imagine he was self-trained. Okay. I, I did not sense a great deal of systematic piano playing going on. I saw a lot of a gear. I saw a cool rolling piano, which I envied. Uh, he got a lot of foot pedals, love foot pedals. I'd like some foot pedals myself. And, uh, he was out there doing it and I'm like, God damn, that's fucking amazing. He didn't spend decades honing his craft before he went out on the street. I played the cello. I mean. I went to college for playing the cello, full ride. I've never once sat out on a fucking street playing my cello. I've seen other cellists do it. I've gone to other cities. I've seen them do it. They're fucking better than me. (laughs) I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going out there embarrassing myself. It's not my calling. I mean, I'm not excited about busking. But you know what? What the fuck am I excited about? I mean, I got a thing. I got homelessness. But there is a guy who is, let me just say this, early in his piano evolution. Fucking out there. Got all his fucking gear together. He went out there on the fucking street and he started playing music. And I'll tell you what, while it wasn't great, it wasn't bad. It was nice background music. He just was like on some sort of loops. He was doing some loops, adding some overlays to it. I mean, mean, it was, it, it held a rhythmic and, uh, tonal, consistency to it that was fine in fact you didn't get inundated with awesomeness where you had to stop talking to your friend at the table because his piano playing was so fucking badass you couldn't tear your ears away no 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 no. it's like background music it's fine It's just the right amount of, you know, it was not, it was nice. That guy went out there and added to the cultural ambiance of the the evening. I felt like I was in a city. Thanks to that guy. I was sitting outside in kind of a hip, cool urban area. There's a piano guy playing the piano. 
I'm there with my 16 year old son. We're eating pizza and chicken. And it was a lovely evening. And that guy contributed to it. And what he had was a commitment to doing it. He obviously did not go to Juilliard for piano. I would assume he didn't go anywhere for piano other than his living room or his bedroom at his mom's house. But by God, he got his fucking ass out there and he did the shit. And it was fine. (sighs) That guy living his fucking life. He's moving forward. He's getting out of the rut. Thought a lot about that guy and how wowed I was with him and how so few of us do that. So few of us have the guts to gather up all our fucking gear And go set it up on the corner and uh, play some music. Now, I'm not saying we all need to get our pianos out and go out on the street and start, you know playing music, but the idea is that guy basically stepped out of the river. We're all just floating down these rivers, you know, doing the path of least resistance, going to our jobs, We're coming home, we're eating, we're watching TV, maybe some of us are drinking or doing pot or whatever. We just, you know, we create these ruts. And we love our ruts because it seems that we are a very pattern based creature. We like patterns. Patterns are like our, our comfort blanket. And, uh, Whenever we get out of our comfort zone, we get uncomfortable, obviously. 
<laughs> our zone of comfort. We leave our zone of comfort. We get uncomfortable. And who the hell wants to be uncomfortable? I mean, that guy playing the music had a lot of feelings, I'm sure. He's a human. Feeling self-conscious. Feeling, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but like, you know, you just feel like a douche. Like you're like, God, why am I up here? Why am I, why am I standing out, standing up, making a stand, blah, 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 sit down, just sit down and shut up. And trust me, there's a lot of people on earth that will, uh, Try to convince you to sit down and shut up. They, um, what I read in a book once, they're called reality instructors. They like to tell you the reality of things. You know, the reality is you're not helping. The reality is you're not very good on that piano. I mean, let's just be real for a minute. And then it plays like to our insecurities through our rationality. You're like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not any good. Why am I out here? Like I could ruin that guy's life with one statement, that piano guy, right? I could just be like, dude, you suck. Go home. And I there's a very good chance that he's a sensitive person and he'd be like, Oh my God, I knew I sucked. I knew I sucked. We believe the negative, you know, because we are super insecure. <laughs> what is it? Those cats, the cheetah has a cheetah with comfort dog. Yeah, see, cheetah with dog. Yeah, so like uh, cheetahs and dogs. Says the first dog and cheetah pairing was established in 1980 when a male cheetah named Arusha was teamed up with a golden retriever named Anna. They Their friendship blossomed, revealing a rather remarkable effect that a canine companion had over, uh, can have on a wild cat. Turns out these cats are a nervous fucking wreck. Uh, let's see here. San Diego zookeepers noticed the benefits these friendships provided and developed dog and cat buddy systems that brought that caught on in at least 15 zoos across the country. I mean, literally, I'm looking at a cheetah with his paw over the head of a golden retriever right now. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> zoos have seen success with different dog breeds but primarily employ labs golden retrievers and anatolian shepherds huh. one of the most close-knit friendships is this uh, developed in 2014 at san diego zoo is reina a female rhodesian ridgeback puppy hit it off with a male cheetah cub named ruxa 
Reyna watched over her playmate vigilantly while he recovered from surgery, and the two became inseparable, playing together during the day and cuddling together at night. Yeah, so... uh, It helps the cheetahs chill out. They pick up on the dog's mellow vibe. (laughs) Anxiety doesn't breed, uh, encourage breeding, they say. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, yeah, I guess these cats are anxious. And uh, they put in a dog and it chills out the cat. Doesn't that sound a lot like us? <laughs> I mean, I feel like our anxiety is always just raring and ready to go. And it can be pulled out the slightest moment of insecurity. And then we just go into some crazy tailspin. And so these reality instructors are just these forces they 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 just say what we believe inside you know because then you can be like yeah you're right i'm no good i'm not helping i'm not making a difference dogs don't seem to have that I don't ever get a sense of my dog of, of like hopelessness or insecurity. Typically every morning he wakes up, he's like, wow, what a great day. You're never going to believe what's going to happen. Pretty sure this is going to happen. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have breakfast. Like it's Christmas with that thing every freaking day. The only thing better dinner. I mean, it's maybe not better, but it sure is good. You're never going to believe this. We're going to have dinner tonight. Every night. Sometimes if I look super cute, they're going to throw me some snacks off of the table. I work on my cuteness. It's kind of my job now. I like to contribute by barking at people. I don't know why they're coming at our house. That's also my job. But Otherwise, life is great. At least that's how it looks like to me. That's what my dog says. I don't know what your dog says. That's not how we used to behave as humans. We're all like believing the negative. Yeah, I suck. I, why do I do that? Why do I, why do I put myself out there like that? was stupid that was such a stupid idea i mean does any human being not say that stuff i mean maybe it's just me but i doubt it insecurity is like 
a fundamental human trait. <laughs> I think if you know anybody that's not insecure at their core, please let me know. So, we, uh, like to just be in our little comfort zone, you know, our little river, our little rut, because it minimizes the amount of exposure to failure and, uh, condemnation and criticism which eat at our soul if we just do what we keep doing keep our head down keep doing what we're told then things are good we don't have to worry too much that we're going to get in trouble. I mean, we do get in trouble. Our boss scolds us or, you know, our spouse isn't happy with us. So, I mean, there's plenty of still, there's plenty of opportunity to uh, be criticized and critiqued in our own little rut. So why the hell would we take ourselves out of that rut to open our sites up, to open our, our life up to more criticism where we're not particularly good. We don't know what we're doing. We're, it's new to us. And we're likely to really get yelled at. I mean, that's ridiculous. The amount of courage or just letting go of what people think about you to go out there and take your piano and put it out on a sidewalk and start playing music. It's huge. It's huge. And I'll tell you another thing. If that guy keeps doing it, he's going to get better and better and better and better. Music isn't, um, for the most part, a gift. It's a skill. It's like math. And like math, you can get better at it. A lot of people are like, I'm not good at math. No, you just don't want to be good at math. You use that as an excuse. But you have all the faculties to be plenty good at math through calculus you can learn all the formulas of math you have if you are of average intelligence a hundred an iq of a hundred or above you can learn all the math all like you know i'm talking algebra geometry You can learn it all. Calculus, you can learn it all. 
I'm not saying it's going to necessarily be easy for you. And that's why most people are like, I'm not good at math because it's not easy and they don't enjoy it. Music's exact same way. I'm learning the piano right now. And as a near 50 year old, I can feel a wall. When you're learning a music instrument, a musical instrument, you quickly get to your wall. Especially early on, your wall is like step one, day one, you're at the wall. And you stand at that wall practicing, and I'm here to tell you the wall moves. Sometimes it takes an hour, sometimes it takes a day, sometimes it takes a week, sometimes it takes a month, but I'm telling you the wall will move and you will get better. And I'm here to tell you as a trained musician, that is 100% absolutely the truth. Now, if you don't like music, you don't want to learn music, then don't stand at that wall and annoy yourself <laughs> because it's hard. You're making new neural pathways in your brain. Sometimes you can even feel it happening in your brain. You can feel your brain making new grooves. I swear you can. Same with math. It's the same exact thing, but you have the ability to do it. You have the ability to learn Billy Joel's Piano Man, okay? You have the ability to learn pretty much any song any pop artist has ever written ever. <laughs> They're not that hard. I'm not saying you're going to do it today. I'm not saying it's not going to take time and practice and commitment. But I am saying you can do it. 100% you can do it. It's like running. I've run three marathons. If you can run three miles, you can run a marathon. Three miles is the uh, the barrier. If you, if, you're, if you can't run three miles because your body hurts or something, then yeah. If you, but, and I'm not saying three miles isn't going to take you a long time either. You know, that's going to take months to get to three miles comfortably. But if you can run three miles, you can run a marathon. Just telling you, it's true. Not saying you're going to be the fastest guy on earth, but uh, I am saying you can do it. That's the truth about most things in life. So that guy, if he goes out there tonight and the next night and the next night and the next night, and he spends a couple hours out there working his craft, I'm telling you that guy's going to get good. Gonna be better than me. Because if nothing else, he's standing outside practicing. He's out there a couple hours practicing. He's gonna get better. It's actually a genius way to practice. Practice outside while people are listening. 
I bet it helps your focus. <laughs> Most of us don't do that. Most of us, you know, even if we try something, you oftentimes just get bored. I just got an email from somebody that's like, hey, uh, they were selling me something. I don't know what they wanted me to do something about this podcast. And they're like, uh, most people quit their podcast by eight episodes. The fact that you haven't quit is impressive. I, I don't like, like when I, when I start this podcast, I'm like, Oh, an hour. Damn it. I wish I had come up with a, an idea or a, or a, or a, a guest or something like that. Why don't I think these things through? Oh man, I'm busy. I wish I didn't have to do this. I want to quit every time. I'm like, Oh, actually when I got one in the can, maybe I'll just skip this week. <sighs> Can't skip this week. There's no reason for me to skip this week. I have, I have an hour to do this. We have an hour to do anything. We have an hour to exercise. We have an hour to read a book. We have an hour to meditate. We have an hour. We have an hour in our life to do one thing that is outside of our rut, of our comfort zone. Every day we have that hour. Every day. We have a Tuesday every day of the week. There's a moment in life and a day that is a Tuesday. It's just an hour that's pointless. <laughs> and what do we choose to do with that hour? Usually we don't do anything with it. Now, if you think I'm going to be like, hey, get out there and use your you know, make the most of your life. I like to refer back to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Most people do not have the energy for what I'm talking about. So the thing about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that I really like is that the idea is you cannot move up a level in the hierarchy of needs until you have solved the first the need before it. So the first level is physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest. If you don't have food, water, warmth, rest, you don't care about the next level, which is safety and security. Isn't that interesting? I would imagine... You can't empathize with that if you're not homeless. 
You don't know what it's like to be starving. Starving. Or freezing. But I'm here to tell you, you will go to many lengths to satisfy those needs. And 100%, you will risk your safety for it. The easiest thing that comes to mind is stealing. There's a camp in Akron that is not near anything. Like these people camp at it. And I think they camp at it because it is away from the drama and everything like that. But because there's nothing down there and people don't come and bring food and stuff, the only way you're going to uh, survive is to steal. Because you just get too hungry. (laughs) So you go into the local stores and steal food, lunch meat. That's risking your safety. I've seen people, uh, I've seen women have sex for shelter. That they will agree to have sex with a guy if the guy lets them spend the night at their place. That's in America, richest country in the world. So until you meet that food, water, warmth, rest thing, everything else is out the door, including safety. But if you get those, okay, then you're like, hey, man, tired of people stealing my shit. So when people are complaining about people stealing their shit, it's a sign that those basic needs are being met okay, that they've got enough food, they got enough water, and they got enough shelter. Homeless people don't um, complain about stealing if they're hungry or thirsty or freezing. They don't. So you can kind of tell when they're pissed about shit like theft. (laughs) Then if you can get safety, which you absolutely, by the way, cannot get in an unsanctioned tent village. It's not safe. People will bring you food potentially, but your shit's going to get stolen all the time. There are no rules because it's no man's land. It's they're outlaws. They're outside of the law. They're not, they're not allowed to be out there. So nobody is going to support. There is no societal structure in an unsanctioned tent camp that says, Hey, uh, you need to follow the rules. You by living there, you're breaking the rules. Your, your existence at that camp is at odds with society. So you're not going to be able to demand 
any kind of law and order because you are out of law and order. So you, um, you can't expect safety. So at the best, you can get that first rung, but you can't get the safety rung. And then it's important to realize you can't have anything else. Nothing above that rung. And those are the basic needs rungs. There's the basic needs rung, the psychological rungs, and then the self-fulfillment rung. So psychological, after your physical needs are met, becomes belongingness and love needs, like relationships and friends. If you're constantly worried about your safety, you don't trust anybody. The less you have to worry about safety and physiological needs, the more you can focus on relationships. Quite honestly, that's the rung I see most people in, in society. Like, they would do well just to get more friends. <laughs> Have more decent relationships. That's, I believe, where most Americans reside. They don't have belongingness and love. They feel homeless themselves. That's America. Then the next is esteem. Feeling, having prestige and feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> How many Americans do you feel have a feeling of accomplishment? I mean, less than half, wouldn't you say? I'm not saying that there aren't people that feel prestige and accomplishment. But I'm saying probably most people don't. I think they feel like uh, their jobs are meaningless. Their family isn't what they hoped it to be. And uh, they probably don't realize that until they have intimate relationships and friends, like really meaningful relationships, they can't even get to the accomplishment and prestige rung. You can't do it. Because you don't feel a part of anything. How can you have prestige and a feeling of accomplishment if you don't feel like you're a part of anything? <laughs> so then you fall into addiction. And I'm talking eating. Binge watching TV. It's it's cool to binge watch. 
I, I hear them. I get emails from Netflix, your new binge worthy show. You only binge anything when you feel empty. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the truth. Binging is a reaction to isolation and hopelessness and uselessness. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. And addiction to all kinds of things is just our rut. It's just our comfort zone. Watching TV, drinking, smoking pot, eating edibles, sleeping. It's where we go to forget about life for a while. It's a little vacation because the meat and potatoes of our life is not great. So if you don't have real friends, you don't feel a sense of accomplishment, you are light years away from the top of the chain, self actualization achieving one's full potential including creative activities and that's that guy out there on the street playing his piano in a mediocre way he's at the top of the rung He has gone through all those levels that most of us are stuck at. And he took his piano and his pedals and his amplifier, made a little sign, asking for money. And he's out there doing his creative activities. I mean, I hope he's not doing it out of desperation. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's another thing. I'm, I'm hoping he's doing it out of self-actualization of, look, I want to be a musician. This is what I want in life. And so this is my, my dream of this guy, right? He's got a job. It's a fine job. Maybe it's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's working at the exchange or he's, uh, you know, a clerk at some, I don't know, Circle K. I don't know what he's doing. Nothing great. Nothing bad. Or maybe he's like pulling in 80 grand to some computer programmer in a job he hates. Doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's meaningless to him. Doesn't matter how much money he makes. He's not feeling, you know, that that's 
where his life is, he's like, look, man, I want to be a musician. And there it is. Now, that guy is working on his reincarnation self. That guy... is working on leveling up. I maintain most of us don't get to do that. Most of us are so bogged down and exhausted in America that we don't get to work on the self-actualization top of the pyramid. Some people say that when you're reincarnated as an American, you have actually fallen. That America is a, a being an American is a downgrade for many um, reincarnated souls that you've kind of fucked up and you have to reboot. You have to rework on these lower levels. And, but I would imagine I, I like, I don't know. Look, I don't know if reincarnation is a real thing or not. It doesn't really matter to me what's real or not, but I like the idea of it. I like the, the symbolic ref, ref reference of it, that, that we're all at different, it feels like we're all at different points in our lives, right? Like, Jeff Bezos, okay, he's like, you guys paid for this, you know, he's getting slammed for his five-minute trip into space. There's a guy that's not very evolved on the reincarnation chain of existence. He, he doesn't even, he's so out of touch. He's a, you know, the richest man in the world, which is great, cool, but he's not evolved because he said it. He's like, hey, you guys paid for this. All these workers that are on welfare and food stamps and working their ass off, having to pee in bottles because they can't make it to the bathroom. You guys paid for this. I think he thought that was a good thing. I got to go to space because of you guys. Yes, great, man. I don't know what it costs, like a lot. It costs a lot. And, of course, people are like, you know, uh, that money you could have maybe spent on those people. Giving them something. But no, you thought you had it so convinced in your head that the thing that mattered was that you got to go into space on their dime, on their backs for five minutes. So, yeah, I mean, can't you see that that guy is not enlightened 
<laughs> He's not even self-aware. Doesn't even know what he doesn't know. But the guy on that piano out there, that guy's moving on up. And if he can do it and if he can keep himself going and he can get out there every day and practice that piano and get better and get better and get better. And he does that, just that alone. I imagine he would seem like a young guy who probably do a lot of things in his life. But if he just did that his entire life, next life around, he's going to move on up because he stepped out of the river and he stepped into the path of enlightenment. You cannot judge your self-worth by what the world thinks of you and your ideas. You have no control over that. It's none of your business. The only thing you have control over is your own path. And I believe there's something to it. I think uh, ultimately we're here to level up. I don't know why. I don't even know if it's true. But we're all here to try and become a little more enlightened. Until ultimately, our comfort zone is where there are no comforts at all. Where you become somebody like, you know, like the Buddha or Jesus. And you're like, dude, leave it all, man. Leave it all. That stuff is holding you back. For most people, they can't leave it all. They're hanging on by the skin of their teeth. They're not at that phase. And for our homeless brothers and sisters in the richest, most Christian country in the world, they're at the food, water, warmth, and rest phase. And maybe, just maybe... Us helping them is helping ourselves in our own journey through space and time in the universe. Maybe that is what they are there for, is to give us the opportunity to evolve to the next level. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.